Welcome to the Redefining Health for Kingdom Impact podcast. This is a podcast for women of faith who are wanting to learn how to get healthy God's way. I am your host, Carrie Leonardini, an online health transformation coach, mama of two, a lover of Jesus, sunsets, and the outdoors. Welcome, friends, back to another episode of the Redefining Health for Kingdom Impact podcast. I am your host, Carrie Leonardini. How are we all doing today? I am excited to be here with you and sharing this episode. And we're taking a dive into the Bible, into two key characters. But we're talking about this topic of beauty. And beauty, what I've come to realize is fleeting if we are just looking at physical beauty. In today's society, there is a billion dollar market for helping you look, quote unquote, look younger from pills, potions, surgeries, etc., trying to help you turn back the clock. And I believe this is because we're so fixated on our physical appearance that instead of rooting ourselves in what true beauty is to the eyes of God, We've let societies tell us if we're good enough by the way we look. But what if we walk into acceptance that aging, it's part of the human experience. And instead of finding our identity and value in what we look like, and step into truly understanding and being rooted in what true beauty is. And that's what I want to dive into because as women, especially Everywhere we look, right? You have to look like this or be this size or this shape or all these things to be accepted. And that's what the world is trying to condition us to. And our daughters, right? I know I've walked in that and I'm still on that journey of breaking these old patterns and conditioning and truly learning and understanding what it means to have my identity in Christ versus in what I physically look like. Now, there's nothing wrong with wanting to look good or feel good in your body, but that has to be defined by you, not on what society says, right? Because they don't live in your body, right? And if we let man tell us what beauty is, then we are so far away from what God says that, again, we're going to be disappointed over and over again. We're going to keep trying the next thing and the next thing and this and that to try to find value because, again, We're guaranteed that, yes, we are going to die, but we get a new beautiful body, my friends, an eternal one. And this physical body goes away. It's just our our house, if you will, to house our spirit. So we definitely are called to steward well over and take care of it, but in a way that is honoring to the Lord, not just to fit into society. So in today's episode, I really want to talk about what God says beauty is through examples of two women in the Bible Versus what man says, right? We're going to see both parts in the scripture that we'll be going over. And the two women we will be talking about are Queen Vashti and Queen Esther. So we'll be reading out of the book of Esther today and sharing some of these examples. And, you know, we'll see how Queen Vashti was called beautiful, right? And how the king wanted to flaunt her beauty, you know, and she refused, right? And then she was astricated. She was sent out, no longer queen. And then Queen Esther comes onto the scene with her quiet yet fierce spirit and how she found favor in the eyes of the king by her beauty. But we're really going to see it wasn't just her physical beauty, right? I think it's, we're going to find that it was more something that was inner 
It was her inner beauty that came to the surface for all to see how she won favor. And we will see beauty as the world defines it and then how God defines it. And so far I have not found anywhere in the Bible, in the scriptures, that God says he values us or loves us if we look a certain way or a certain size or weigh a certain amount. That is what the world looks at, not God. He looks at our heart, our character, and that is where our true beauty lies. It's the heart, or otherwise known as our character. So let us, let's dive into this and really take note of what this looks like. So as I was reading in Queen Esther, and it kind of goes over Queen Vashti, and where on the seventh day, King Xerxes, we're in um, Esther 1, chapter, uh, excuse me, Esther chapter 1, verses 10 through 12, where it's talking about on the seventh day, how King Xerxes was having a long party and he was high on spirits from wine, otherwise known as he was buzzed, right? Or drunk from wine. And he ordered his eunuchs to go and bring the queen. And he wanted to bring his queen before his people wearing her royal crown in order to display her beauty to the people and nobles for she was lovely to look at. And I want to stop there for a moment. Now, here's the king, right? And to me, this says he thinks of his, his queen as, as arm candy at, at this point, right? He wants to flaunt what he has. So it's for selfish ambition. Has nothing to do with him honoring Queen Vashti for who she is. He's looking at the external and he wants to show her off like a piece of arm candy, right? It only talks about her wearing her royal crown, right? And I think that just is more for status purposes to show her status, right? And that she's his queen. Nothing about her clothing, nothing about her body, but it does say that she was lovely to look at, right? And the other thing we have to note here is that beauty is in the eye of the pole holder, right? We all are born with attraction. Like we're attracted to certain types of people, each of us individually. Not all of us are going to be attracted to the same type of person, right? Physically attracted, I'm saying, because we are called to, right, procreate. We do that, right? Um, so we're going to be attracted typically to the opposite sex to be able to do that. And that's God's given us that. But with her, he's viewing her as lovely to look at. So he wants to show her off, right? But the latter part of this, um, verse 12 is, when the attendants delivered the king's command, right? This wasn't a suggestion. It was a command telling her, right? Because she was under his rule that she refused to come. Now, I love this because I can see her just standing firm in what's right, what is true, what is noble, right? Because she knows this is not what she should be doing. This is not what she wants to portray to her people, right? Is showing off her beauty in this way. So she refuses, and of course, she's going to know that refusing the king's order can lead to death in those times. But she refuses to come. Then the king became furious and burned with anger. Right? And I think about this and how she stood, right? So she knew that her value was not in her appearance. It was deeper than that. So she stood for her values, right, and did not succumb to someone trying to tell her, oh, you're this and that and playing to her vanity, right? Or her ego and pride. She knew what was true and she held fast to that. 
And yes, she gets let go, but she doesn't get killed, right? But she's let go. God puts favor over her, so her life is spared, but she's no longer queen. But I think this is so important because, again, everywhere in society is telling us we have to look a certain way, do a certain thing, and our poor girls. Um, it just breaks my heart as I see some of our children, our daughters, wearing next to nothing, everything exposed. And I used to be like that. And I can empathize and have compassion for these girls because I did that because I didn't feel loved. I didn't feel seen. And there was a part of me, which I didn't recognize, but subconsciously, I thought if I looked a certain way, then I could be loved. And that's a podcast for a whole nother day. But with that, it's, I think when we are, are doing this and trying to look a certain way, we are trying to fill a void that only God can feel, right? And if we keep succumbing ourselves to the ways of the world, where is that going to lead us? You're not your own person. You're basically a dog on a leash is what it comes down to. You're being told what to do. You bark, say, okay, and you do it, right? Versus standing firm like Queen Vashti did for what her beliefs are, her values, her morals, and being rooted and anchored in truth versus letting the ego be stroked in doing that and trying to fit in. So I think that's the key part. It's like, why do we want to be healthy? Why do we want to look a certain way? Is it, are we trying to fill a void or is it truly because we're trying to honor God by honoring our body, right? There's nothing wrong with losing weight or, or doing the things, right? I'm not coming against any of that. You, your body is your body. But what I'm trying to share here and bring awareness to is that are you falling into the lies of the world or are you standing firm in the truth of God? So that is something I want to really just emphasize is are you looking to man or are you looking to God? And for me, it is a daily, daily challenge, especially being a health and fitness coach. I've shared before in previous episodes about thinking I had to look a certain way or I wouldn't be able to get clients and, and all these things and trying to do these actions to fit in because I thought I had to. And it didn't, it never worked because it went against my beliefs. I was trying to do something that wasn't in line with who I am. So there was that incongruency happening and it was so frustrating until God helped me recognize what I was doing. I'm like, wait, I don't even want that. Why am I trying to achieve it? Right? So it's truly, you know, coming back, the whole purpose of this, you know, the podcast is redefine health for yourself. Now what anybody else says for you, stand true in what God is calling you to do. How do you want to feel? How do you view health? How do you view your body? What do you want it to look like, feel like, and step into that for you and you alone. And by doing that, you're going to show your daughters, you're going to show your nieces, you're going to show others what it truly means to live a healthy, strong, and fit lifestyle versus trying to fit in and do the latest fad, right? So I want to dive in a little bit more as we go into Esther and where Esther comes in. After Queen Vashti got basically let go as queen, the king's personal attendants had proposed that they go and make a search for beautiful young virgins for the king, right? This is in Esther 2, verses 2 and 3. So the king appointed commissioners in every province of his realm to bring all these beautiful young women into the harem at the citadel of Susa. Let them be placed under the care of Haggai, the king's eunuch, who is in charge of the women. 
and then the beauty treatments to be given to them. So we see here again the ways of the world, the culture then, right before a king is presented with one of these virgins, they have to go through a year of beauty treatments. It says it's 12 months of beauty treatments they go before they can actually go before the king, right? So they're getting pampered, right? And so at the time this is going on in their culture, right, beauty, again, they're searching for beauty in the eyes of the beholder. They're taking all these men and deciding which women are beautiful, which are not, right? Versus God. And we're going to hear more about God and his view on beauty. But man, again, here is picking these women out. And as they go and search, right, in Queen in Esther 2, verse 7, um, Mordecai, which is Esther's uncle, basically, had a lovely figure and was beautiful. Mordecai had taken her as his own daughter when her father and mother died. Verse 15, when the turn... Well, actually, I don't want to go there yet. So Mordecai became the caregiver, the guardian of Esther. Talks about her figure here, lovely figure, and was beautiful. Again, the figures, the beauty, physical beauty. This is all surface level, right? And in the eyes of the beholder. Because, again, I may look at someone and not say their physical beauty, it, it's not beautiful to me, right? Same for you. We're attracted to who we're attracted to. Doesn't mean that person, if you're not, that they're not beautiful, right? Because in God's eyes, we are all beautiful. We're all fearfully and wonderfully made. But I just want to emphasize here again, it's man is saying this, right? Uh, our humanist is saying who's beautiful and who's not, but that is not who we are. And as Queen Esther was chosen, right? And was sent to the harem. So, in 15, verse 15, when the turn came for Esther to go to the king, she asked for nothing other than what Haggai, the king's eunuch, who was in charge of the harem, suggested. And Esther won the favor of everyone who saw her. Now, I want to stay right here. Esther won the favor of everyone who saw her. They were looking upon her, but I want to submit to you that it wasn't her physical beauty that won favor with these people it was her character her heart how she held herself how she behaved right and that inner beauty that then was expressed externally and how she acted and that's how she won the favor she wasn't trying to nowhere in esther does it say she was trying to be this certain type of person or fit in she was being who she was right she was acting in her character that she had and she was kind and compassionate and loving she listened she took instruction she obeyed Haggai right and she had her beauty treatments and she went before the king and so she was presented to the king and in the, when she was presented to him right she found favor in his eyes and he thought she was more beautiful than all the others and had more attraction toward her. And so he made her queen, right? And I believe, again, through her physical beauty, one, but more importantly, through her inner beauty, that is how she won favor. God used her character because she was willing to step in and be made available Right? She didn't know she was going to be nominated as queen. She was part of the culture. She had to go through what they put her through, 
right? As doing that, she won favor and became queen. So she was now in position to be able to change history and be put in a place for a time such as this where she was able to save her people, right? And it wasn't because of her physical beauty. It was because of her character, because of her heart and who she was. And I think that is what we want to really hold onto is that it's our character that matters because our beauty, yes, our physical beauty is fleeting. It is going to go away. We're going to get wrinkles, things, gravity's going to take over, right? I'm in my 40s now and things are shifting and changing, let me tell you. But I have to remind myself, this is normal. My human body is going to change and I can still love it through it because it's gotten me this far and I'm going to continue to care for and steward well over it so I can continue until my time here on earth is over. And I might be wrinkly and cellulite by the time I'm 85 or whatever, but I guarantee I'm going to continue to move. I'm going to continue to pour into my body and love it because of all it's done for me, right? So your body can't take care of you unless you take care of it. It's a give and take relationship. So I just love the way that God will show us through his word, through these other women, right? That physical beauty, yes, is something man looks at, but God, no, he looks at our heart. He looks at our character and that's where true beauty lies. And when we are on that the aging process that we go through, right? It's not such a big deal anymore. It's just part of the process. And we know that and that there will be an end date to it, right? That we're done. Hallelujah. We got our beautiful earthly bodies that are gone. And then we have to step into our beautiful eternal bodies that we have, that there's no aches or pains or wrinkles or saggy, right? Everything is good and perfect. And that we can walk in this life, in this body, with more respect for it, being anchored in what true beauty is and living each day to be the best version of ourselves, teaching our daughters and the women in our life how to steward well over. Because yes, our body is a holy temple, right? And we can care for it through our food and our exercise and how we steward well over our mind through renewing it daily and spending time with the Lord and practicing self-care. Yes, you know, and doing beauty treatments, right? Heck yeah, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just whatever you do for your body, with your body, may it be glorifying to the Lord. May we be doing it for him and not for man, not to get applause, not to be picked, right? In the way that we're trying to fill a void within us because we didn't get something when we were children, and that is a journey I'm currently on and getting support in because I didn't have that. And I've noticed as I've grown up, the relationships I've been in, that it was a sad, lonely little girl that was looking for love. Hence why the relationships didn't work out, right? Because it was for the wrong reasons I was in them. So our body is a holy temple. You are beautiful. You are loved. You are worthy and you're deserving just as you are. There's nothing you need to change about your physical body in order to be loved. God loves you just as you are. Now he might call you to make some changes because he wants you to continue to walk in purpose with more ease and joy and give you life and life more abundantly. And in order to do that, there's actions that you may need to take, right? With stewarding well over your health and your fitness. And that's what I love helping women do 
because it's something I've done over the last 15 plus years as I've walked this journey and as I've reflected back, you know, I see the steps I've taken that where God has led me and given me the five pillars of getting healthy and fit. And it's so simple and it's individual to everyone, but these five pillars, they're key principles. And when you create habits in these five pillars, you create a strong, fit, and healthy lifestyle being at a weight that is good for you, that works for you with the energy and the vitality, right, that you desire and knowing and having the confidence and feeling empowered that it's a lifestyle that you can live forever. Because no matter what age or phase of life you're in, these five pillars adapt to all of it. It's the same principles. And that's what I love about it. I love helping women with this because they step out of our time together feeling empowered and encouraged and confident as they walk in it on their own and realize that they can do it. It's something that's achievable. And that's, that's my heart. And that's what I love helping women do. So my friend, if that's you and you're like, I want to learn how to love my body better. I want to learn how to truly steward well and get healthy and fit God's way through redefining health for myself, right? You can reach out, connect with me on social, on Facebook or Instagram. And you can also reach out through my website. I'll drop the links below in the show notes and we can talk about working together to help you in your journey. So I hope you have a blessed day. I hope this has given you something to think about because guess what? We have to shift our thinking. It's time to put real deposits into our mind so our lives and our bodies reflect it, right? And remember where our true beauty lies. It's not in our physical appearance. It's in our heart, our character. So go out, my friends. Take your she back, your strength, health, and empowerment, and make it a beautiful day. Thank you for joining me on another episode of the Redefining Health for Kingdom Impact podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review this episode so I can keep bringing you the content that serves you the most. Let's stay connected and keep the conversation going. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Carrie Leonardini. So until next time, keep taking your she back, your strength, health, and empowerment.